Hey everybody, this is David Fournier, lead instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining me on my Anchor.fm podcast thing. Before I get started, you know, I've always said, everyone is a message from the universe to us. Everyone is in our lives for moments, for days, for hours, for years. And then there's just some special people you meet along the way where you're just stunned by them. And one of those people... I want to just want a special shout out to her as we get started. Um, part of the lesson tonight, a conversation we had, it'll make sense in a little bit. But Dana, I love you. Thank you for the encouragement, for pushing along, for working so hard on your journey and inspiring me to work hard on mine. And remember Monkey Island. Now, those of you that have been around me for a long time, you know uh, there's there's certain things I like and dislike, and they're usually the opposite of everybody else. And so, and my beloved Red Sox are not playing very well right now. And there's so many stories to tell, but let's not get into all that. Adages. People have these adages. Penny saved is a penny earned. I'm okay with that one. One of the ones I absolutely hate is that fortune favors the brave. I don't believe that. I believe that fortune favors the prepared. And, 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 and. But one of the ones we're going to talk about tonight is the one that, as I mentioned, Dana inspired some of this conversation. People say sometimes, well, where do you get the material you talk about? It's from people. Make no mistake about it. It's about, you know what, let me be honest. Let me be 100% transparent here. 95% of the time when I'm doing a lesson is because I failed at something and I'm talking to myself. You're just along for the ride. I'm not saying you're not important, but it's me lecturing myself about things I need to do. And you know what? This is one that I needed to do. So here we are. But one of the statements that I can't stand is I can't stand the idea of this, we are who we are. We are who we are. And to me, that's not an adage or a wise saying or a, motiva- a motivational statement. It's simply just somebody resigning to the fact that they don't know how to move forward. You know, the question isn't like, we are who we are. The question is, can we, are we something more? Is there more to this? Is there more to us that's there? And I'll tell you, if you're getting frustrated with the answers that you have coming up in your life, it's time to start asking better questions. Now, many of us think we are who we are. But the real truth about it in spiritual endeavors is that we can always change and we can always strive to be better. Spiritual work is not about gaining knowledge. That's spiritual disciplines. Remember, we talked about keeping these divided. Spiritual work is also about transformation. It's about becoming useful for the kingdom. I don't believe in my Christian faith that the world is going to burn up in a big ball and we shouldn't care about the environment, we shouldn't care about homeless, we shouldn't care about suffering because God's going to come back here and Jesus is coming and he's going to melt the face off everybody that doesn't like him and come get us really good people and give us a nice place to live called heaven. I believe that we're actually here for a reason and that that reason is too very significant things. We talk about this all the time. Number one, I should perform a radical transformation inside my own soul and transform and become more or better. And the other part is to join God in his ongoing conversation and his ongoing dialogue about repairing the world to Kuma Alam, becoming useful for the kingdom. Now, we can each day, every day, become better versions of ourselves. And this is not nonsense talk. Well, you watch some of those shows, those self-improvement shows, some of the self-help books, and I read some of that stuff, and I'm thinking, you know, it was kind of like back in the old days when they had the big anti-drug campaign, they said, just say no. 
Somebody who's addicted to something probably can't just say no. If they can, it's not really an addiction. It took more than that. It took courage. It took 12 steps. It took a lot of different things that people have been through for them to succeed to a point where it wasn't about just say no. It was about being able to know, to not do. And there's a lot of nonsense talk out there, but in spiritual in spiritual walk, every day becoming better versions of ourselves, not nonsense talk. Our learning, all the things that you learn about Jesus or about Judaism or Kabbalah or Christianity or whatever your faith group practice may be, means very little if you're just memorizing it. If you're just memorizing it, it is in the practice and it's in sharing that we grow. Often the most growth we can get is when we're sharing and practicing when we just don't feel like it. When our ego says to us, you don't need to be doing this right now. You don't need to care right now. You need some self-preservation. You need to take care of yourself. And we push through that moment to do something very kind for somebody. That's when we really begin to see who we can be. Who we can be. Next. To be <laughs> Sometimes I crack myself up. I apologize. To be spiritually conscious is to live with an awareness of what we let in and out of our eyes our ears in our mouth. Let me say that again. To be spiritually conscious is to live with an awareness of what we let in and out of our eyes, our ears, and our mouth. Remember I talked about Monkey Island earlier? Remember the three little monkeys? See no evil, hear no evil, do no evil? Well, it's not possible to go through life not paying attention like these three monkeys. If you try that, you're going to get smashed. And I don't mean an enjoyable liquor experience. I'm talking about you're just going to get hit from the right, from the left, from the top, from the bottom. It's going to be like trying to cross a freeway during rush hour traffic. You're just going to get smashed. So we can't just cover our eyes and cover our ears and hold back the things in our mouth and just not doing them. Even though we need the awareness of what comes in and what goes out. But by developing an awareness understanding the difference between what helps us and what hurts us and using our spiritual tool sets to repel the attacks of the opponent with courage and determination means that we've got to look at the movie of our life and ask ourselves a difficult question. Why is this person in my movie? Why are these people here? Why is this event in my movie? Why is this terrible thing in my past keep getting thrown up in my face? Who's behind these kinds of things because what we take in this is very simple what we take in is what we're going to put out jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks if i'm not guarding my heart if i'm not protecting it from e the evil eye and from evil people if i'm taking a bunch of bitterness and, and horrible remarks about myself what happens with my mouth we have to be careful about what we let in and out out of our eyes, our ears, and our mouths. Now, here's an interesting paradox. Once we become people who strictly desire to share, pure sharing, once we get to the point when we say, I'm here to see the success of this person or that person, I'm here to see growth, I'm here to see transformation, the moment we commit to sharing is the moment we can expect receiving. I hear people praying for, oh, God, send me this, God, send me that, God, make it rain, I'm the rainmaker. I hear all these things all the time, but I wonder to myself, like, well, what would you do if you got all that stuff? What would you do 
with 10,000 spoons, but you need a knife, what would you do? The principle of restricting and sharing is a tough balancing act in our lives. We, we are to be working on not taking things in that will hurt us, but being spiritually smart is what I call it. And at the same time, just think about how this works. At the same time, we share from our vessel, from inside. And as we empty our vessel, or ourselves, we create openings for the light of the Creator to take those spots and fill them. Let's say, for example, I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. You up in the morning, you need a glass of water, you walk in the kitchen, there's a cup, an old plastic solo cup, and you look in there, just something floating in there. You don't know what that is. It's like dirt or fly, I don't know. Do you drink that? No. You either dump it on a plant or dump it in the sink and you put a little water in the cup and swish it around because you know swishing water around a cup cleans all the germs off it. Even I know that. And you fill up the water and you drink it. Give it a good inspection. Okay, it looks like it's safe. And you drink it. What did you just do there? You emptied out what you perceived to be bad or dirty or contaminated to make room for what was pure and what was good. That's the principle of restricting and sharing. That's the principle of moving things out of my vessel so that I can take in the light of the Creator to turn around and share even more. Now, this one's tough. So sit down. I'm already sitting down. Saying yes to our personal transformation in uncertain times is an act of courage. Saying yes to our personal transformation, working on ourselves in uncertain times is an act of courage. And this small change not only affects you, but the entire world around you. There is never a better time. That's my neighbor's sprinklers, in case you're wondering what that noise is in the background. There is never a better time to say yes to, I'm going to put in the work when the challenges are so great against you getting the work done. And don't worry about that. When is the most light revealed? During the greatest times of darkness. When is the light the brightest? When it flushes out the, when it drives out the darkness. Darkness is just the absence of light. Setting aside the opponent, pushing through bouts of fear and sadness, these are huge growth factors. I will give you this one offering of advice. When we see the opponent at work, we see the fears coming, the sadness coming, the uncertainty coming, hit it quick and hit it hard. I've seen this before. I know who you are. You're not real. You're the opponent. You're telling me about my past. I know about my past. That's covered. I'm praying for it. It's mo I'm moving forward. Attack it. Hit it head on. And watch as you move forward, the light of the Creator coming behind you to shield you. Personal transformation, by the way, is not a guru, a trendy, pandering thing. Because a lot of personal transformation that you hear people talk about is about people just wanting to feel better about themselves. It has nothing to do with the concept, I want to be a stronger person. I am not who I am. I could be so much more for the benefit of others, for helping others. And we have to train, and we have to practice, and we have to be ready for the challenges. All right, two more, we're almost done. Each week, each week, we can practice truly prioritizing the needs of others and in doing so, shed ourselves of the negative energy of judgment. I want to read that again. This is a big concept for me. I even have, by the way, an episode just dedicated to just this subject. 
Every week we could practice truly prioritizing the needs of others. And when we're doing that, we're shedding, we shed ourselves of the negative energy of judgment. When we are engaged in caring for others, remember, small things matter. We're letting our ego go. And God sees us. And He sees our heart. He sees our good deeds towards others. And He holds back and lessens the decrees of judgment. Remember in the beginning of Job, what He tells Asatan? Behold, my servant Job, he's blameless. This is a good guy. I want to tell you, I've said this over and over and over again. I say this in, when I'm teaching kids camps, when I'm at youth camps, if I'm doing pastor retreats. It doesn't matter. God is not a God who's looking to catch you in the act of doing something wrong. Our God is a God who's looking to catch you in the act of doing something right or doing something well. We're always so concerned about falling and about failing and about being judged when the answer to a lot of that is simply transformation. Be active. Care for others. Reach out. Give with it. It's difficult to do it. And lastly, again, this has been a short lesson, massive concepts. You need to go back and listen to it and rework these in your mind. Both, both negative and positive energies are always present in our world. Negative and positive energies are always present in our world. It is our thoughts and our actions that determine which of these energies we attract and experience in our lives. Um, I did a class one time, Mountain View, <laughs> try again, Mountain View, United Methodist Church, Woodland Park. Wow, <laughs> I made that really difficult. We were in a Sunday school classroom, a bunch of adults, and I brought a flashlight in and I put it on the floor and shot it up on the ceiling and we turned off the room lights. I mean, you can still see everybody, it's okay. Guys, where's the center of the source of light? Right there. So then I put a tissue over the top of the light. It kind of diffused the light a little bit, but you still see everybody. And then we did a couple more tissues, and then I did a napkin, and then I did a towel, and then I did a jacket. We are now sitting in pitch black room, flashlight completely covered. I knew by the average age of the people in that room, some of them would be asleep when I turned the lights back on. But I was willing to risk that because this was important. Then one by one, we began to peel away the layers. Remember we talked about clipot, the coverings? We peeled away the layers until the room got a little dim, and then it got a little better, and then it got brighter. The point of the exercise was that often we think God has left the building. We think he's gone. We're suffering, and he's not watching. He has just turned his back. We're back to back. Not face to back or face to face, but back to back. Yeah, I need to teach on that sometime. I'm glad I brought that up to remind myself. The light was never turned off. The light never left the room. The source of light was still there. What happened? The negative coverings, the tissue, the tissue, the washcloth, the towel, the jacket, covered the light and stopped us from being able to see it because the negative energies were present in the room, the coverings. The positive energy, the source of the flashlight, the light was in the room, but we couldn't see. It wasn't until we removed the negativity and remove the negative elements, and there, there was a light again. But the light was always present. There will always be good and evil in this world, and opportunities for doing both are always going to be present. How we counter those, either as our reactive self or proactive self, reactive self. This shouldn't be happening to me. I'm not putting up with this. I've gone through. Oh, look at all my, my. 
or the proactive self. Oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, I've seen this routine. I know how this works. I know what you're trying to get done here. Your reactive self or your proactive self is going to determine the kind of energy you draw in. There's this old Jewish proverb about a guy who has these hot coals. And he sticks a shovel on him. He throws him up in the air and he lands on his head. He's yelling and screaming, oh, it burns, it burns. I can't believe this is happening to me. And he sticks his shovel back in there and he throws another set up in the air. And they go up in the air and they land on top of his head. Oh, this burns, it burns. I can't believe this is happening to me. Finally, the guy walks by and says, would you like this to stop happening to you? Yeah, quit throwing the hot coals in here. Sometimes we do it to ourselves. Sometimes we allow it to happen. I want you to remember, there are always positive and negative energies around you at all times. Positive negative spirits, if you want to call them that. There's always the light of the Creator. There's always the darkness of Asatan. Always around you. And how that enters us. It enters us. How we attract that is our thoughts and our actions. Our thoughts and our actions. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. And thank you for listening to my podcast here on Anchor.fm.